Well, um, but yeah, I'm Jeff Morris. I've got three beautiful children. Uh, India, Isla, and Israel. Israel's my little man. He's just, just turned four years old. And Isla's my little princess, and she's five. And then India's my, my little tomboy, and she's seven. She's, they're just rock star children. I got a, I'm, I'm blessed. I got a great family. And Sean and Sony Cannell are here with us today, too. They're, they're, uh, he's helped me out with Think, and, and uh, they're from Marysville. They're down here on vacation with us. We're just having a great time because San Diego literally is heaven on earth, people. You, are, you live in the greatest city in the nation. I'm telling you, it's just amazing. It's so killer. Hey, uh, everyone's coming to Luke chapter 5. Last night, um, I spoke out of, I think, Luke 19. And, and today, I want to speak out of Luke chapter 5. I was laying in, in bed with my wife last night, which is one of the greatest places on earth. <laughs> amen. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just for all the husbands out there, definitely should say amen. But uh, um, we were laying in bed, and we were talking about just the service and stuff, and, and I really felt God just kind of changed things just a little bit from this morning, and, and, and I really believe this is what the Lord would have for us today. Luke chapter 5, we're going to read verses 1 through 11. Uh, verses 1 through 11. And, uh, man, again, such a blessed church. Great church. Innovative. Like right now, they're recording this service on an iPhone phone. That's just unreal. You guys are cutting edge. Alright, so Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And it reads, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Ignisarim, the lake G, as the locals called it, lake G, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing the nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, also known as Peter, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and talked to people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, uh, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. You know, if, if you guys aren't opposed to underlining in your Bibles, if you just underline, don't be afraid. Just underline, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch me. So they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. Uh, this morning, I just I want to preach to you super quick because it's a beautiful day. We'll get out there and have a good time. Uh, catch and release. Catch and release. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for uh, this morning. God, we thank you that we get to gather here and experience you all together. We pray that this word would, would go deep into our hearts. God, that it would, it would change us from the inside out. That, that we would see uh, fruit from this seed. And God, we thank you that uh, the weather has changed for the better today in this beautiful city. And God, we pray right now that if anyone has skipped church because the weather has changed, both that they would get incredibly sunburned today <laughs> and that they would uh, make me feel bad. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. See, it's, it's, you won't get sunburned today, you just get a nice tan because you came to church. Amen. 
Um, I, I'm not much into fish. You know, I, I don't. I'm not a big fish guy. I don't like. I don't like fishing. Um, I really don't like to eat fish. I like fish when it tastes like something other than fish. Can I get an amen? Like a nice piece of salmon that's been like smothered butter and garlic and lemon and you can't taste the fishiness whatsoever, I'll eat that. Or a good piece of cod that's been so, you know, battered and, you know, and like encrusted and fried deep into something. It is, you know, and then dipped in tartar sauce with lemon. Then, then I can eat some fish. But man, if you just give me a piece of trout that's been fried, forget it. No, 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 thank you. Anything that tastes like fish, I'm not really into. And I'm not really into fishing. I've done it a few times in my life, a couple times to, you know, hang out with the father-in-law and, and do the fishing thing with him. And and, uh, and a little bit as a kid, you know, I think with my dad, we we try to go out to the bay here. I grew up, I grew up in San Diego before I moved to the Northwest. We go out to the bay. And, we would try to catch stuff. I don't think, I don't remember ever catching anything, but at least it was good, you know, dad time. I do remember the one time I was up visiting my, my grandparents in uh, in Washington before I moved up there, and we were fishing. My grandpa took me fishing. Anybody's grandpa's ever taken fishing before? Good times with grandma, huh? And so we get out in this little this little lake called Lake Kai. Lake Kai, it's a small lake, little motorboats can go on there. And we get out there, you know, we drop the, the, our lines in the water. And I had one of those rad little fishing poles with the clipper thumb thing, you know, because, you know, you're not yet, I was seven, so you're not that, you know, yet talented enough to do the finger release and all that. So I had a little clipper thumb and, you know, get out there. And I think, man, I just remember that day catching, like, the mother load of fish. Although, in reality, it was probably, like, maybe four fish that we caught. But as a kid, like, we just caught, caught the whole lake, you know. And we, we'd put them into the bucket of water, and we saw these little fishies swimming around. And, and uh, I was so excited to go home and eat these things, you know, because you, you want to you want to eat what you catch. It kind of makes you feel like a man as a seven year old boy. And and uh, we get all the way home, and and I, I forgot that there's actually a process to getting the fish ready to eat. You know, I thought you just you catch them and then you know you sit down at the table and there they are, fried up, cooked, ready to eat. So we get home and Grandpa, you know, gets out for the garage and he lays out this newspaper. Has the bucket of fish, and I'm standing the whole time, I have no clue what's going on. And then he whips out this gigantic, pointy, sharp knife. I mean, you know, like like the sun glistens off of it, you know, just you know, he's holding it in his hand. He takes one of the fish and he looks at me. Like, you know, this is kind of like a like a real sick grandpa moment. He looks at me and he goes, he goes, Are you sure you want to do this? Like, I'm about to kill the fish. <laughs> like, Grandpa, you got the knife, you know, with the he goes, you sure you want to do this? Go, uh, uh, what? <laughs> like, well, we're gonna gut it, we're gonna cut it. So he goes with his things, and, and he's got the fish in his hand. And, and at that moment, I looked down and I caught eyes, well, an eye, with the fish. And it's little thing, you know, it's little eyes going like this, and it's, <clears throat> it can't breathe because it's out of water. And I just, I felt so sorry. I started, I started crying. Seven, I mean, like how the man is that was seven-year-old boy standing in the garage crying because I felt so bad for this fish that my grandpa was about to slaughter. And uh, I just started start crying. Says no, grandpa, we can't do it. So we put it back in the buckets and we drove out to this this this. They call them the Twin Lakes. It's like twin ponds and it's full of bacteria. They're nasty. Everyone who swims in there gets this thing called swimmer's ditch. It's you know it's horrible. And we released them. We released them back in the water, and they swam away. Actually, one swam away upside down. It was like sitting there. We should have just killed him and eaten him. It was like a death sentence for them. Like, okay, go and die. There we go. I know, it's so sad. But 
but uh, that was like my first experience with catch and release fishing. Catch and release fishing. It's like it's a real popular sport. You guys ever heard of it? Usually it's a couple of guys in a boat. They both have first, you know, two first names like Billy Bob or, or Joe Bob or something like that. They catch these fish. They take pictures, you know, and then they throw them back in the water. And, uh, a little bit long, a little bit strange. But uh, uh, Peter, he wasn't a catch and release fisherman. He was, he was like, he was like the deadliest catch fisherman. You know, like those guys, the crabbers. You guys ever seen that show, Discovery Network? And uh, I mean, he was—he had to make a living off this. This was his livelihood. He was all about getting lots of fish, taking them to market, sell them off, and and, and making bank. And that's how he survived. There was no releasing his fish. He would—he would just catch them, sell them, and make some money. And what we see here, if you see, he's just fished all night. Hasn't caught a thing. Hasn't caught a thing. And he's sitting there at the boat, you know, at the, at the water's edge, and they're cleaning the nets. Got to clean the nets, take care of their gear. He's cleaning the nets. And Jesus shows up, and he's preaching, and people are all surrounding him, and you know, he's probably throwing down just an amazing word. He gets into one of the boats, and, and Peter pushes him out from shore a little bit, and Jesus preaches, and you know, Peter and all his homies, they clean their nets, and they fold them up nice, and they get, they're done, they're ready, and Jesus gets done with his sermon, and just like regular people after church, what do you do after church? But you go out and you eat. Can you hear anything? Food. Amen. And so, you know, they're set, they're ready. They're like, up in Marysville, we go to the thing called Red Robin where we just bottomless fries and Cokes and stuff. You know, here in San Diego, man, famous for just the bomb Mexican food. So, you know, they're, they're ready to go out to their favorite little taco place and get some, some chicken taquitos with, with, uh, with some guacamole and some sour cream. Mm. Or like a little, like a little carne asada taco or something with, you know, some pico de gallo on there. And, and, and the real, the real, like the real thing, Coke from Mexico, and they still make it with real sugar, not this corn syrup stuff. So they're ready just to go, mm, just grub, eat, and probably pass out for the rest of the day because they've been up all night having coffee. Kind of so they're probably excited. Time to eat. Time to hang out. And Jesus says to Peter, he says, "Hey, Peter, or Simon, did you go out and let down the nets for a catch?" I'm hungry. I'm tired. Hey, hey, master, which basically translated just means boss. He's calling Jesus boss. He's like, hey, boss, we've been out all night long, haven't caught a single thing. And Jesus probably gave him the look like, I just told you to do something. You know that dad look, that mom look, and I'm like, better do this. So he goes, but, but because you say so, we'll go, we'll go let down the nets. We'll go do the same. Because whenever Jesus tells us to do something, there's usually a great purpose for it. Jesus is a carpenter. He's not a fisherman. Right? He, he, he doesn't, it's, it's not like he knows the fishing better than, than Peter does. Peter, has, has anyone ever told you to do something like you're the expert in the field and somebody comes in who has no clue really what the heck they're talking about and then tells you to try something? Does that ever happen to anybody? You know, like you're working on the car, you know what the heck you're talking about, and your wife comes out and says, well, honey, why don't you try that? And you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can say, because I don't work on cars. If you like me going to her going, hey, baby. <laughs> so Jesus, it's not like he knows like where the fish are biting or anything like that, but still he tells him, whenever God tells you to do something, even if it doesn't make sense to you, even if it goes against what you think you know, yeah. do it, because there's greater purpose there. I want to turn real quick. Let's go to uh, 
And we'll get back to this. Go to Isaiah 55 real quick. Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 11. I just want to read this real quickly here just to kind of prove my point with this. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So anytime God tells you to do something, whether from the word, whether from the whisper that you just you, you receive in your spirit, or maybe it's from the preacher, the man of God who's preaching the word of God. Anytime God tells you to do it, even if it does not make sense to you, and it goes against everything that you think you know, that you've been raised with, do it anyways. Because God has a purpose for sending that word to you. And I'm telling you, it will not return void. So when the Lord tells you to take that risk, take that risk. When the Lord tells you, you know what, to pray in faith and believe that what you pray for, you will receive. Then pray in faith and believe that what you're praying for, you will receive. When the Lord tells you to go and buy them groceries, you don't know why you're buying them groceries. Just go and buy them some groceries because there's a greater purpose involved right there. His word will not return anymore. So when he tells Peter, hey. Go let down your nets. And Peter, even though it goes against his best judgment, even though it goes against what he knows, being the fisherman, he still goes and lets down the nets. And when he does so, things get crazy. They get absolutely nuts. The funny thing is it's not even about the fish. It's not even about the fish. It's not, it's not even about the fish. But he's out there, and, and things get cracking. Fish are jumping into their nets. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, wow, it's, the, it's like the retirement catch right here. This is like it. Peter's got to be getting crazy because, for one, his nets are about to break. So his nets are breaking. His boat's sinking. Stuff's getting crazy. Have you guys ever been in that chaotic situation where everything is just nuts, and you're trying to figure out how to do this and keep this going? And anybody ever been there before? Yeah, you, yeah. So he's there. He's trying to figure this out. He's, you know, he's looking around because man, my boat's sinking. My nets are cracking. There's so much fish. What the heck am I gonna do? And he, he calls out. He goes, Yo, guys, he's there on another. Yo, come on. I need some help. I need some help. Get over here. So he's signaling to his partners, and his partners show up. Like, oh my goodness, this is freaking amazing. This is unreal. No way. So they, they grab some of the nets and they fill both boats so full that that literally begins to sink the boats. Literally begins to sink the boats. The water line on the boats starts to rise. There's so much weight, it's beyond capacity. That's how many fish there are. And there's a moment, it just gets so crazy, so crazy. What's going on? Boats show up, and all of a sudden there's like, that's not going to break. We're good now. And there's, there's like the, uh, the calm right in the midst of a crazy storm. You know? Peter finally gets a moment. Peter gets a moment within this whole craziness. It's finally kind of calmed down. We're just going, ah. It's nuts. And all of a sudden, Peter looks around. Before he was so caught up in everything that was going on, he just looks around. And he sees not, not just his boat, but his buddy's boat, filled with fish. 
And he, he, he probably probably starts to compute it all in his head. This is his living. Probably starts to. He's sitting on the retirement bench. Not another worry, really. And he has this moment. It's like, it's like a revelation moment. Jesus is in the boat with him. By the way, whatever you do, always take Jesus with you. He's <laughs> in the boat with him. And, and this is the way, this is the way I, I see. I have, to, I have to picture everything that I read. Anybody like that? You grew up watching TV, so everything is like a TV, like a TV show in your mind. Whenever I read a book, it takes me forever to read a book or the Bible because I'm always like picturing it in my mind and seeing it play out. And so, so that's why I kind of see. He just stands there. He's looking around, and Jesus is right there with him. He just looks over at Jesus. I see him just kind of collapsing. Just, you know, one of those little pictures in the boat. He just falls in Jesus' knees. Goes away from me. I'm a sinful man. You gotta get away from me. I'm a sinful man. I don't. I don't deserve to be this blessed right now. I don't deserve to be treated so good right now. I. I don't deserve this. I get away from me. I'm a sinful man. He's at Jesus' knees. He's crying because he was. He's. He had the revelation of how good God is. He has a revelation of how good God is. And he's caught now. He's caught. And just like when you catch a fish, there's a little bit of a battle. No fish ever caught just jumps right in the boat and goes, oh, you got me. Okay. No, there's always a little bit of a fight right there. He's caught. You know how I know he's caught? Because he goes from calling him master, which means boss, to lord, which means owner. He's no longer, okay, boss. It's now, he goes, Lord, he goes, you're my owner, you're my possessor, you're, you're, I'm yours, but you got to get away from me. He's now caught. There's a little bit of a battle because anytime you're caught by the goodness of God, you, you, it's so hard to grasp that it's actually for you. It's, it's so easy to hear, to hear that God's goodness is for other people, but to actually believe that God's goodness is for you is a whole other story. That God wants to bless you. That God wants to prosper you. That God has a call and direction and purpose for you. It's easy to believe for somebody else. I mean, even I'm telling you, as, as, as a pastor for the past 10 years, it's, it's been easy to believe for other people, to believe for other ministries. But when it's come to me, it's... And there were times my wife and I, like, we, 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 would, we would struggle and think, man, is there even a God because he's so good to us? And if he knew us, there's no way he could be that good to us. Peter's... Going away from me. Lord, I'm a sinful man. And Peter was a sinful man. I mean, he's speaking, he's saying the truth right there. He's a sinful man. Peter's, Peter's a fisherman. I, I know we like to kind of deify and glorify the apostles and the disciples and any, you know, the people we read about in the Bible, but man, Peter's a fisherman. He's he's rough, he's tough. You know, he's got he's got those nasty callous hands that are cracked and bleeding because they're constantly getting wet, dry, and he's pulling in ropes, and he's doing all this stuff. And, and, you know, he's probably got the weather-beaten face, you know, burnt, tan, peely, you know, scraggly beard. Stinks and reeks like fish. Oh my goodness, the man smells so bad. I've been into some third-world country fish markets, and they don't smell pretty. 
It's not like it's not like here, you know, where you go into the supermarket and it's laid out on ice. You look so pretty, you smell all of it. And this is like heat's beating down on it, it's three days old, it stinks, and there's probably crazy bacteria. This is horrible. So here he is, he's rough, he's rough, he's got cracked pants, he smells like fish, he's just nasty. And, 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 and we know that he's probably rough and tough because after three years with Jesus, and they try to get Jesus, he's the, he's the dude that whips out the sword and hacks the dude's ear off. You know what I'm talking about? So after three years of being with the man of peace, he's still got some fight left in him. So I'm thinking right now, at this point, here's Peter. He's like the leader. He's the oldest of the pack, and he's got all these little homies to follow him. And he's probably the dude that rolls through the town a little bit buff and tough. And you don't mess with Peter. Mad dogging people and stuff. You know, and probably quick to get in it. That's Peter. Peter's not like floaty doty, like, let me prophesy over you. You know, glory to God. He's like, Peter, you know. And so here's Peter. He probably, man, he probably just got in a fight last night. He was probably drunk last week. No, he's, 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 a, he's a rough dude. And he's sitting there. Weeping, saying, man, Jesus, you really, you got to get away from me. I'm a sinful man. I don't deserve this good Because he's caught right there. And it's Peter. I want you to notice this. As Peter is speaking death over himself. Jesus is prophesying. As Peter said, no, I don't deserve this. Jesus doesn't address that. He just starts to prophesy his future. Starts to speak to where he's going. This is this this right here is is Romans eight played out. Romans chapter eight verses one and two. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, and it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending His own Son to likeness of sinful men. To be a sin offering, therefore condemning sin in sinful men. So that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. We do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Right then and there, Romans 8 is played out. Because Jesus didn't start condemning him. The law would condemn him. Or some of our modern day preachers might condemn him. You know this preacher just stand up and say, You guys are all sinful! You've all blown it! And you're a part of here! You're a drunkard, and you've had five husbands, and you got three kids that aren't even with your wife right now. And you, and you and we do that because we want to kill people in a relationship with Christ. But he wants to catch people with the goodness of him. So he didn't start nailing people. He said, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch him. Don't be afraid, Peter. Don't be afraid. A lot of times I think we're afraid to receive the goodness of God from our lives. We're afraid because what does that mean? What, what does that mean? Well, it means that no longer are you going to be able to identify with the old person. No longer are you going to be able to identify with the old fisherman, the old, the old, the old brawler, old drunkard, the old pessimist, the old worrier, everything that's brought you such comfort in the past, you'll no longer be able to identify with because there's something greater for you to be released into. 
Jesus says, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll catch me. I, I, I want to just point out really quick, though, that it was the obeying of the word from God that led him to seeing how good God is. It was the obeying of the word that led him to see how good God is. I'm telling you, when we obey the word of God, you will see his goodness. You will see it played out in your life. So, Peter's caught by the goodness of God. And then you see him released into his destiny. There's two things here with release I want to hit when we're done. We'll go get our taquitos. Little aside. In a real code. In order for Peter to be released into his destiny, he has to release his past. He's got to release his past. He pulls the boats up on shore. They're filled with fish. And he walks away from them. His retirement is on the shore. It's like a 401k, like matured right then and there. Boom, there it is. And he walks away from it. He walks away from financial security. He walks away from what he's only known. He'd probably been doing, he'd probably been fishing for the past 10, 15 years of his life. Grew up as a little boy watching other fishermen, you know, watching maybe his dad fish. And that's all he's known. And he walks away from it. He walks away from his financial security and the only career, the only thing, the way of life, the only way of life that he's ever known. He releases it so that he can be released into his future. All, all the ways of thinking of himself and identity, he walks away from his identity. He releases his identity. All of this Jesus. All because he was caught by the goodness. Because you have to trust that what I'm about to walk into is better than what I'm walking away from. And when you're with God, I will guarantee it that whatever you walk away from is always better than what you want. You're walking to is always better than what you're walking away from. You're with God always. Always. But you have to truly believe that God is good for you. Because if you don't, there'll always be that. Well, there's there's all these fish, and there's Jesus, and there's well, well. And I think that's how a lot of us live our lives. Well, there's I'll follow, but you know, there's this is what I know, this is what I grew up with. These are the mindsets that I have, and this is the way. This is the way my parents did it. This, but this is what God says it. And this is all. This is what my this is what my friends are doing. But this is what God says. Get caught by His goodness, by obeying His word, and then you'll be released into your destiny because it'll be that much easier to release your.
don't be afraid. From now on, you will. And I, I have a, a, a feeling that in here there's people that are maybe a little bit afraid to walk away from and walk into a problem. Let's just hear this for our lives right now. Let's hear Jesus speaking over us. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will. Right now, there are, are people in this room that you're afraid to move forward in your future because all the what ifs. All the what ifs. God has a plan purpose and a destiny for our life. What if? God has, has a plan, a purpose, and a destiny for your life. God has a plan, a purpose, and a destiny for your life. Release that old. Walk into the Jesus said, don't be afraid for now, don't catch a man. And then Peter had to walk away from the boats. I believe that God's even spoken to some people, don't be afraid because you're going to have to because you're going to be a business owner and fund the kingdom. But I've got such a solid job right here. Good benefits. Don't be afraid for from now on you're going you're to lead people and worship in the holies of holies. But, but you know, I'm, I'm afraid to get up in front of you. He's told me I was never good enough to sing, so I, I don't know. Don't be afraid from now on, you old pastor children. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't have formal training, education, and, and, uh, and, and don't be afraid because you're going to be an incredible mother. You're going to raise awesome children in the ways of the Lord. You're going to impact nations. But you know, I, I, I don't know. If, if I, my mom wasn't good to me, how can I be a good mom to... Some of you already know what that is because the Lord's already spoken to you. You just got to leave the boats on the shore. Trust His goodness. 